I'm Carlo, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and this is my podcast. With this project, I want to explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, doing the things that light us up, things that make us feel like we're alive, growing, making a difference, and enjoying the process along the way. Welcome to It's the Journey. Um, hello everybody and welcome back to It's the Journey. Today, I'm going to have a conversation with Dana Pauzowski, founder of Opal Eyes and creator and hostess of the Refreshing Worldviews podcast. Uh, but before I get into that, I want to say thank you as always to Anchor for being a sponsor. And just a quick reminder that the other underwriter of this episode and podcast is yours truly, as I put my time and energy and money into making this whole thing happen. So if you're liking what I'm doing, don't forget to like and share and tell your friends about it, especially if there's a favorite episode. If you there's an episode you really like, just share that and say what you liked about it, because it makes a difference in people discovering um, what, what we're doing here. So just a quick reminder about that. And if you are new, if you're joining me for the first time today, you can learn more about the podcast and my book, um, Afterlife, Waking Up from My American Dream, on my website at carloblog.com. So let's get back to Dana. So from, from Dana's website, Opalize, let me read a little something I thought was beautiful. Um, Opalize Company believes in the beauty of the human spirit, your spirit synthesizing proven educational philosophy and science within yoga's body, mind, and spirit blueprint. We offer inspiration and opportunities to, get, to connect more deeply within and without. End quote. And that is beautiful. And I think it's something the world needs. And that was the reason I wanted to, to dive in and have this a conversation with Dana about what it was in her life that, 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 inspired her to say yes to creating such an awesome thing that's there to help people. So as you know, if you've read my book, um, I talk a lot about the importance of saying yes to things that are calling us, yes to things that, that keep bubbling up in our head that we might be excited about or interested in or curious about. And I love, I love giving and getting and receiving live examples from people that are doing it right now that, um, that are there to help people learn and grow and wake up to who they are and what they want. So I think Dana is a cool example of someone yes-anding their passions and building something that sounds really cool. So let's dive into that and meet Dana. Dana, Welcome. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. It is a real honor to um, join the podcast today. And I'm really excited to share a little bit. And um, 
yeah, I appreciate the way in which you've structured your conversations through your podcast and really inviting in celebrating the journey um, and just how important it is to look at the whole of you know the story um, alongside you know our projects, our businesses, our relationships, but the story behind it. So really excited. Yeah, no. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And that's, I think it's important for, for anyone that might be scared or curious or interested in starting something to see lots and lots of, lots and lots of examples of that. So to know it's okay, it's okay to try something, try something small, take little baby steps and move forward and see where it goes. Absolutely. yeah. Um, And I love that you're, what you do is inspired by yoga because there's a lot of just in, what the little bit I understand, there's there's a lot of similarities and parallels. So let's let's dive into uh, what Opalize is, and then we can get into the backstory of like how, you know, what are the things that happened in your life or experiences you had that that allows you to uh, to create this. Beautiful, thank you. Yes, so Opalize really is an alchemy of many chapters of my remembering a deeper connection with myself and with the natural world and with others in relationship. And, um, you know, as far as the small business, it's um, new in its development. I launched it at the end of 2019 and really have designed it bridging experience in Uh, educational philosophy um, and proven scientific methods and approaches to how we learn alongside inviting in the human spirit and like you opened with the beauty of the human spirit to step in as our um, co-pilot and um, taking the intellect and the beauty of our spirit and allowing the two to really guide us forward in how we want to show up in the world. And yoga asana, both practice as a student for many years and then teaching, also influences the offerings that I um, provide through Opalize workshops, one-on-one well-being sessions. Um, structured to invite individuals to reassess and explore how they're experiencing the world, yes, outside of themselves, but first inside. Um, And from there, kind of choosing what they'd like to create and um, creating a course to start taking those baby steps. Cool. So, um, so let's, Maybe we walk through like how that how that looks for someone in terms of like if someone yeah what what how does that process work in in and then what are the kind of outcomes that you're looking for? Right, so it can look a few different ways through Opalize. There's one-on-one well-being sessions where um, I myself work with individuals to first tune into what it is that's drawing them to making evolutions in their own life experience. And that doesn't necessarily need to come from a dramatic place. It can just be like a gentle whisper, like you're curious about different ways of living and showing up and being in the world. And um, if you visit my website, it's visually based that communicates 
our intersection as a part of the natural world. And I share that because I find that for many individuals, they note being drawn to the visuals and that there was something about the way in which the multiple exposure um, creations that are on the site speak to them or wake something up in them. And that something often is a fresh way of connecting with themselves connecting with one another, connecting to the natural world we share. And so we can work one-on-one through that process, um, incorporating the philosophies through education, science, yoga science. Um, And then I also offer workshop opportunities that infuse yoga asana so that you are pairing the contemplative, um, you know, cerebral informational journey that we work with, with the physicality and the movement, which is absolutely embodied when you're showing up in your life in a new way. But for those who feel called to the practice or are new to yoga asana, they want to try it on. Um, Opalize is really friendly for beginners and individuals looking for a fresh take on life. Okay. I I love that. And just in terms of thinking about someone trying to get an outcome or change a direction in their life in 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 starting with that inner part of your world and knowing these aren't exactly your words but knowing who you are and really what you want before you try to create the outer world is so important because for you know for my personal life for so many years um I didn't have any of those tools. So everything, I, I, and I poured a lot of energy and emotion into creating what I thought I should create. Mm-hmm. And, this, and, I, and I, you know, I, I created this whole world and, and all this American dreams things that I put a lot of energy in and I was, quote, successful at doing that, but it wasn't driven from inside me or, or what I really wanted. And mm-hmm. and it wasn't till you know it wasn't till life kind of broke me down that I that I felt open and sought sought similar kind of um, practices and 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 therapy and things like that that then allowed me to like be at be at a place where I understood from the inside what I wanted. So what you're what you're offering is very very powerful and really cool. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And I appreciate how you noted that it's a practice and that we're acquiring tools. You know, it, um, I feel like in the Western world, you know, I can only speak for myself, but there's this preconceived notion to, you know, drive forward, to have the answer, to have the outcome and the roadmap, exactly what that's going to look like. And there's a lot of beauty and power and, um, I think wisdom in that energy and in that drive. And I find it most therapeutic and palpable um, or digestible would be another word I would use to look at it as a journey of acquiring and exploring, you know, as we're moving forward, as we're, you know, if we're setting goals or maybe we're deconstructing goals, you know, regardless of where we find ourselves on the path, it is a path. And we're working with the tools and the practices that we need to like move the needle. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think there's a very 
subtle yet powerful distinction in the approach. Yes, that that's something I wrote. I wrote a chapter about that called um, "It's the Process," mm-hmm. and the that where that came from is the first time I saw a therapist, and and I laid out. I, I didn't even really believe. I don't know why I was desperate. So I went there and I really didn't know what I was looking for. And so I laid it all out there and this lady looked at me and she said, okay, I think we can work together and told me a few things. And she said, do you have any questions? And I said, I just looked at her. I was like, how do we know when we're done? What are we trying to do? Mm -hmm. And she smiled, nodded the way you are and said, it's a process. Uh I had no, that (laughs) it didn't. I I just nodded. I had no idea. It took me about two or three years into the process before I went, oh, that's what she meant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So so sometimes, do you ever come across, like, so I know people are seeking, people seek you out. Um, Do you ever, do you ever see people with that, that mindset that you're having to like help them like reframe things or? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I'd like to preface that too with it's not about being in a right or a wrong mindset. It's right. a matter of being aware for starters that we are working through a mindset, you know, yes. and then looking at, okay, is this mindset serving my highest and best? Is it nourishing my journey and my process towards the goals Um or life that I would love to experience? Or is there an opportunity to, you know, change out my lenses, just like you'd change your eyeglasses or put on a different pair of sunglasses um, to support the clarity and confidence in which you're moving forward as you're flowing in your life. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's so important to be gentle with ourselves when we're saying yes to and approaching periods of change and evolution in our experience and just Mm -hmm. accepting where we're at and celebrating. And that's a big piece of the work we do at Opal Eyes and that I'm really passionate about is celebrating the beauty of the human spirit and celebrating that you're willing to show up and be a part of the evolutionary process and explore and maybe put down certain beliefs and try on other ones. But um, that willingness is so powerful. And I just can't stress enough the medicine and being gentle with ourselves as we step into it. Mm-hmm. And from, from my experience too with yoga, that... <clears throat> Part of, part of like when you talked about there's not a right or wrong mindset. Um, also, you know, so many times, so many times we're just, and I don't know if this is a Western thing, we're just looking for like just the box to check. Mm-hmm. Like, like I remember years ago, I, I would, I read a little bit about Buddhism and, and waking up and I would write goals, be enlightened. <laughs> like, like it was like, I just yes. thought there was just like this, this, thing I could do certain things and and go down the checklist and I could check it off and and that's it there you go and um, from what I know about the experience I've learned just through growth and like knowing that it's a process and it's a journey um, and also through the experience I've had with yoga I know that's important to, to your process is that it's mm-hmm. also you know 
it's not a straight line. You know, you, 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 from a physical standpoint, your body might be able to do one thing one day mm-hmm. and not the next day. And it may not ever be able to do that one thing ever again, but you're doing the best you can with where you are in that moment and, and continuing on that process. And um, there's so much written and spoken about, about being in the present and in the now. But we, I think that's something I always struggled with is this looking for that box to check or that destination to get to, um, to, to mm-hmm. be done and, and whatever, whatever that meant. And yeah, knowing that it is a journey and it is a process and being okay with that, whatever's happening and arising now. And mm-hmm. like you said, kind to yourself as you go along. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to recognize too, you know, that for many of us, we have been trained to think in those linear terms and that there is a place and a time for, you know, that um, brick laying, if you will, that, you know, very intentional, intentional, like Tetris style um, configuring of the pieces and checking off of the layer necessary. There's a place for that. Mm -hmm. And it blew my mind open when I was introduced to Montessori education and the philosophy of following the child and really kind of turning upside down a more traditional model that I experienced in my own youth and through the education system, very nice education system I was privileged to be a part of, but I didn't realize just how linearly designed it was. And in Montessori, the focus is on following the intuition and the spirit of the child in a community setting. And while there's absolutely, you know, linear planning and boxes to check as far as reaching developmental goals and introducing, you know, the necessary materials and math and science and learning to read and, you know, all of the aspects, all the tools we have to work with to navigate in society, but the leading force is really the spirit of the child. And to me, it is a practice of understanding yoga in the context of the verb as the action, as the lived experience of unity through that celebration And then captivating the mind with information that nourishes that curiosity and that uh, desire to learn and be in the world as one is developing in their, you know, mental capacities, their emotional capacities, their community experience. And so that the mind's captivated in such a way that these young beings are invited to then cultivate or create from that place of joy. And it really, in my experience, like flipped my world upside down in some of the most beautiful ways and learning that approach and working, having the privilege of working in uh, different Montessori environments and schools to see how we can approach, how we train our minds and how we exist in the world. Um, mm-hmm. and, and again, it being gentle about ourselves, if we're like, oh no, I'm identifying more linearly or I find comfort in that. That's beautiful. It has its place. 
and allowing ourselves, you know, on our journey to take a different approach, to refresh the way we're looking at ourselves and uh, our lives and the world that we share. Um, you hit on some neat things there where you, where you talked about the importance of sometimes laying those bricks and having the structures but then also having the space for that following, following the child. Is that what you said? Yes. Following, yeah. That because that um, I, I wrote a lot. I didn't use those. The phrase I used was called "follow the fun," and it mm-hmm. was a it was a it was a theme I learned from improv and improvisational comedy. Yeah. You're not you're you're making it all up, and so you start with what's called a grounded scene, and you have a conversation. And then you discover what's fun or silly based on what's working with you and your scene partner or what the audience is reacting to. And then you keep playing with that. And I wrote about when I, I wrote about how I was able to do that in my life with things I was interested and curious about and passionate and, and the fun places that led. But if I hadn't, it's it's interesting. You've hit on something I've been I've thought about a lot. Is like it's 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 really a combination of having that sh- structure and focus. Um, I put a lot of time and energy in structuring my business and my life. I cut things out of my life I, so that I opened up space for that freedom. Um, I've I've thought about this a lot. That like. I deconstruct waking up from my American dream. I deconstructed big pieces of that old life to intentionally free up space and time and money, which then gave me the freedom to follow that child and follow the fun in my own life that then has led to this very project and some other things. So it's, 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 I'm having fun like listening to you talk about that because like I, I stumbled into that, but it's like I've, I've thought a lot about like this balance, you know, balance between the two sides of our brain and the and, you know, the inside and the outside that you're talking about. So, what you, what you're offering is very very uh, powerful. Mm. Well, and I honestly, I have just been fortunate to have the exposure to the philosophy um, in my journey came through Montessori. That I think that it is a opportunity, a worldview to get back in touch with our fun. And I love that that is the term that you've chosen to use because there's such a levity and um, inherent space that's open when we're having fun, when we're in a state of joy, when, you know, we're open to possibilities that perhaps we, you know, our cerebral mind or analytical mind isn't identifying when it's in its operating system, when we allow that to quiet, kind of turn down the inner analyzer and allow that state of joy and fun to flow, it opens up, you know, from like a one-dimensional linear or the world is flat to this spherical, full-bodied, multi-dimensional truth of who and what we actually are. You know, we are these extraordinary technologies in mind-body essence that um, have the potential to innovate that which we haven't seen before. And that can be from an innovation in our domestic life, you know, engineering our home space, 
to something that we, you know, build into a business or that we offer on our professional teams or that we volunteer our time for really doesn't matter so much the what it looks like. I really, truly can't say enough the value of having the experience of being in alignment with that joy and fun, with that openness, sense of wonder, possibility. And then something I love so much about your work that you've done, Carlo, is really showing up to the yes and. Like, yes, I will open to this and see what wants to happen or see you know, what unfolds and what those next steps are and what structure, right, is necessary to contain or hold this just as our, you know, physical bodies, our vessels are um, just that a vessel for our our spirit to explore this three-dimensional reality. Yeah. No, it's, um, I appreciate you saying that. It's, um, that's something I promised myself with this project too, is that I would, I'll do it as long as it's fun. Uh, you know, so often we hear, you know, turn your, monetize your hobbies and monetize that this whole idea of everything has to be monetized and, mm-hmm. and packaged and sold. And, um, but, and then, and then, it, but then people, the thing that once brought them joy and excitement is, is just a job and, and they don't love it anymore. And they re- maybe even resent it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's tough when you're, when that's the way, the way you make money. And so, but then, but then, how do you free up space to then move beyond to whatever whatever's next? Um, yes. And um, I think that's from the because you know before I did this, you know, I was like, I, and I'm 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 finishing a, a 26, 27 year career as a financial planner. Um. So. It, what what I've seen is, regardless of people's income, mm-hmm. they create so much complexity and constraints in their life that, regard regardless of how much money they have, they're never more free. Mm-hmm. So, if they make thirty thousand, they dream that if I could make this, then I would be happy or free. But then their lifestyle rises to meet that, so they're no more free than when they made a third as much or a tenth as much. Um, mm-hmm. And if you keep doing that, then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like, I don't, I don't, this thing I thought I wanted to do when I was 20 is, is a burden and it's killing me, but mm-hmm. I have to do it because now, now it makes me so much money and I need that money to support this lifestyle. And, and then they're trapped. They're trapped, mm-hmm. you know, and that break, that I, 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 um, breaks my heart to see that, that, uh, so yeah, but, but you can't, you can't step out of that unless you take a step back and look and have the, have some self-knowledge and awareness of like, what do I really want? And, 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 and take conscious steps towards whatever it is you're, you're trying to do, have, or be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is something I really appreciate about your story and your journey is that willingness to withdraw a bit from what you know, is immediately in front of or being lived through and take a look at the life that you've created and being willing to take an honest assessment if it is in fact the life that you want to lead 
or if you want to make shifts. And then from a very pragmatic state, what it looks like to enact change in such a way that you open up space for trying to find your fun, right? And trying different activities and um, whether that be pastimes or something brand new or something you did once and enjoyed, just opening up the space to invite more of that in. And knowing that while this process, just like in a yoga asana setting, when you're learning and practicing the postures, you know, very few times are we like, open and aligned in our mind body that we're able to reach the full expression that's possible in these asanas, which are very much like living, breathing entities in and of themselves. And we're just starting to relate to them. And it's a practice that evolves over time as our strength and our flexibility grows and changes. And I share that because that same um, concept or that same experience, I feel like rings very true to these transitionary timeframes when we find ourselves asking these questions about whether or not we're fulfilled or happy or heading in the direction that we really want to co-create in our life. And knowing that when we answer that call to assess where we're at, that it's just that first step and we get to sit back. And my hope is from a celebratory standpoint, knowing that we're going to you know, have all the feels along the way, like we're multi-dimensionally feeling beings. So of course we're going to experience the spectrum, but allow ourselves to look at this journey as just that and get excited about the potential for a shift and know that just as, you know, the development of the natural world has happened over literally millions of years, you know, our evolution and our development and our inner and outer world is going to occur over days and months and years. And that's okay. That is how life works. And if we're showing up for it and we're aligning and continue to breathe into that, I feel like there's not much more we can ask of ourselves in that particular scenario, right? And then we can get into how we show up in community, of course, and that conversation can go on all sorts of beautiful tangents. But at that crucial intersection where you're approaching that assessment and getting really clear and honest with yourself, allowing yourself to say, I'm okay where I am and I'm willing and able to choose otherwise. And I'm going to start that journey. Mm-hmm. It makes me think about, again, we're still so driven to like to be done with something or to arrive or to wake up or, you know, the whole, even the whole concept of, of woke people like I'm woke. And it's like, it's, you've turned something that's a verb, you know, like that's an ongoing process and it's now it's a box that's been checked. And I know, I know that's meant in a different context, but it's, it, mm-hmm. it, it also it doesn't the way it's used it's, it implies that you that that you're done, um, and we're never. There, I, I forget where I read this. Some um, the author said um, the only thing that is real is that which exists in our deep and dreamless sleep. So because everything else is <clears throat> impermanent, mm, like everything mm-hmm. that we think. Whatever it is we think we are, even it, even physically, 
is constantly like we're, we're cells are dropping off me that I can't see right now, <laughs> you know, like, so seven, yes. seven years from now, 10 years from now, you know, there won't be any of this Carlo left. So, um, you know, be, and, and, and whatever it is I am or look like now will be different 20 years from now as it was 20 years ago. And so, but we get so attached to, the, the permanence of whatever is now and or the outcome and and yoga is such a great metaphor for that of like well mm-hmm. I can do the splits now or I can touch my toes now but you know maybe you can't tomorrow and so it's it's mm-hmm. I know I, I touched on that already but it's 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 cool that that's part of your process because it it's such a it's such a because it's physical it's a it's a physical example of the lessons you're trying to teach that also imply to other parts of life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned, uh, you've mentioned yoga and we've mentioned the, your, your experience with Montessori education. Um, in uh, one of our previous conversations, you mentioned also environmental justice is, mm-hmm. is something that helps shape what you do. Can we talk a bit about that? Sure, sure. Thank you. And um, in order to arrive there, I would like to offer a little context um, of my journey that led to working in the environmental justice field. Sure. And in in my journey, I had been, you know, raised with the privilege of an education, and I took that education very seriously. I um, set a goal for myself academically for my freshman year of college to achieve a certain GPA. And I did. I was really, you know, um, dedicated to that. And I achieved it and I felt nothing. It was like no internal sense of accomplishment. I was, you know, psychologically glad that I set a goal and achieved it, but it did not make my heart big or wild. And I realized, you know, that that something wasn't right, that there was more to this story, that while, you know, my aspirations were um, honorable and that I wanted to continue excelling academically, that something was missing. And I joke that my spirit went traveling first and uh, ultimately led me to Alaska, where I spent a summer working outside of Denali Park. Uh-huh. And, you know, I found a position at a cafe. You know, the work wasn't glamorous, but the nature and the quality of humanity that life offered me was extraordinary. And I was set up to live in a little wood-framed cabin with no running water, no electricity, on this hillside up behind this cafe outside of Denali National Park. And all of the staff um, stayed in these cabins that were spread out and connected by trails. And I just had such an extraordinary experience working with individuals unlike I had ever met before because that environment attracted a certain curious spirit, soul, self. And it opened my eyes, yes, to the larger world. But more importantly, I would say that it opened my heart. 
And it really helped me infuse a connection with humanity that I didn't realize was missing. And it was a part of my developmental journey. You know, I, I believe it was a divine time and space for me to come to this realization. And that paired with the magnificence and wonder of the natural world is really what catapulted my, you know, what's now become, you know, 16, 17 years later, my professional journey that led me to work in the environmental justice arena um, because of the connection to the land and the divinity that connected me to humanity on that land. That's so cool. I had no idea about any of that. So like, that's, <laughs> that's really, so um, talk about saying yes and and following the fun. So where, where, how, where, where were you before Alaska? So I was in college. I was attending the University of Kansas for any okay. Jayhawks fans who might be listening. <laughs> okay. So, so how do you leap from Lawrence, Kansas? Mm-hmm. Yes. How do you leap from Lawrence, Kansas to saying, I'm going to Alaska? How does that happen? Right. So in my particular story, I was born in Alaska and, the, okay. um, you know, our family culture, there's a strong presence of a long-term chapter that my parents spent having and raising our family there. And then eventually migrating back to the prairie in Northeast Kansas, which I feel like has become a really beautiful metaphor to help me understand life, both internally and externally, where the prairie offered a keener eye for subtleties and skyscapes and the mountain culture offers this extraordinary invitation for the grand and the, you know, ascent or that, you know, external drive to take on and strengthen and achieve um, so I was blessed with this, you know, subtlety of the prairie and this magnificence of the mountain range. I super appreciate that you observe that because I, I have too, as I've traveled to different places and like I'm in, I'm in St. Louis, as you know, and, and you don't often have much of a view. You always feel like you're in the woods. Like, you, <laughs> and when I've been out west, mm-hmm. especially in the southwest, you can see these grand horizons. And like, as an example, was the, I was out there one time, and I noticed I could see an entire train, like all the train cars. <laughs> and it, it was like I, it, I, I had never seen more than like three at a time because they were <laughs> you're at a crossing, and they're just like, or if you know, they're. they're to, to see like 50 or 70 train cars at one time and it still looked small or being mm-hmm. somewhere where there's mountains or being somewhere where there's ocean. I've noticed, I noticed a change in my thinking and my, my consciousness as I was in those different environments. So it's, it's cool that you've thought about that and reflected on how that impacted your worldview and your, yourself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fun to okay. hear. It, you know, yeah. it's just like this world is so rich with opportunity for metaphor and understanding, um, and I feel like that really has been how I found my way into then advocating on behalf of the environment and 
protecting or preserving this extraordinary world of wonder and possibilities that we're a part of. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean that intentionally when I say a part of, because it can be really simple for our mindset to find its way into a sense of separation or disconnect from mm-hmm. versus recognizing the truth in our being and playing a role within this natural wonder. And whether whether that comes more from a cerebral um, standpoint, which, you know, I'll be honest, for me, it very much started uh, cerebrally. And then I found my way to embodying and understanding more deeply how I am a part of versus separate from or on top of this earth body that we share, but in fact, mm-hmm. um, a living organism that's contributing to it and um, and having a reverence for that. Just as a yoga asana practice invites us to understand the physicality and how to work with these bodies that we're um, stewarding here and very much a part of on a micro level, taking that to the macro and, and then recognizing too, like that we can become a part of that. That's just as divine and important and playing a part as every other living being and entity. We don't have to have it all figured out. There is no end game box that we necessarily check, you know, in contemporary um, living in society, but that it is a living process that we are contributing to. And in my experience of kind of peeling back the layers and realizing that more and more, it becomes joyful and hilarious to me when I think back to former very well-intentioned versions of myself who was very disconnected from that, um, And being called back to the land, you know, first in Alaska, that inspired me to um, eventually work and train as a wilderness therapy instructor, not therapist, but instructor of holding a container for individuals who were on their journey of connecting within and without. Um, and, And through that, I really found a truth for myself. I can speak for myself in believing that it's our human right to remember and to nourish and to steward this connection and this relationship we have as a part of the natural world. Um, And that is really where I found my way back into more cerebral study and looking at climate change from a human rights perspective and how to, you know, yoga kind of presented itself to me first in this macroscape that, you know, culture and spirit are inherent and that, you know, from a macro perspective, we have a political and economic system that's been designed from our mind. But in truth, we are a part of this extraordinary body and believing that it's our human right to live in connection and to live in harmony with ourselves, with one another, and with the natural world is what ultimately like led into an arena that frankly I hadn't ever like set my sights on or, you know, intended quote unquote 
to find myself in. I feel like it was offered as a way of me waking up and coming home to a truth that I had been separated from. That's interesting. Um, uh, one of the one of the things that reminded me of is my my stepfather Jim. Uh, he was um, studied physics and 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 was a engineer at, at McDonnell Douglas and Boeing and probably always would have described himself as an as an atheist um, and not remotely an environmentalist. Um, but when my parents retired, they moved to um, they moved to a farm and out in the country. And he spent all this time with in, in nature and with his goats and animals. And uh, he he began to to see things more in a more connected way, and said things that he never he made observations about the world and and how he's you know that that he never would have made had he not had all that time just to spend in nature. Um, and another thing, what you said reminded me of too, is that um, regardless of whether you're coming at the world from a completely secular standpoint or, or if you've got a more spiritual view, um, it, it's, it's suicidal almost to think of ourselves as separate from this whole world. You know, if, if, if you don't believe anything other than the physical um, we are literally, it's, it's literally suicide to, 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 to destroy the environment. And, uh, and there's just more and more and more evidence of the impact of, you know, the fertility rates because of pest, you know, the chemicals that are in our system and microplastics and on and on and on and on. So if you don't believe in any, anything other than what you can see, the evidence is there that we are, we are a piece of this ecosystem. We're not mm-hmm. separate from it. Uh, if you're, and if you are, if you don't believe in science, and you you know from all the all the world's religions say that you know that it's all everything is connected, and you know God mm-hmm. says I am that I am, and or the Alpha and the Omega. It's like so like, there is nothing that's not spirit or not God if you are coming at it from a religious perspective. So it's like, and that's what's crazy about some of the arguments now that are coming from the left and right is it's almost like this either or, and it's like. And with yoga, mind, body, soul, it's all it's all connected, uh-huh. and it's all saying a similar thing, but with a different lens. You know, one's a lens of the mind of I versus the mind of or the mind of I, mind of flesh, mind of spirit. Um, so, the, you all, you, all three of those arrive at a similar place uh-huh. uh, that we are not separate from the environment. We are not. We are. We're a piece of it. And to destroy it is suicidal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so you made your way to Alaska and had this had this uh, realization, and then that informed you to to work in environmental justice. And how does that incorporate in with uh, with Opalize? So, I would say that it really is about the journey that I was led on, you know, from Alaska, um, doing the wilderness therapy instructor training, and then kind of circling back around to my academic training and skill sets and research and bringing that, you know, open heartedness that reawoke within me in Alaska, surrounded by walks of life, unlike any I had met, um, 
infused my sense of standing on behalf of the beauty of the human spirit, which sometimes I feel like a broken record saying it, but I just can't emphasize enough the way in which that remembrance has informed not only my life path, but my moment to moment experience of the world and choosing, you know, an open heartedness or choosing from a place of love versus a place of fear. Um, And so that draw to standing on behalf of human rights and to standing on behalf of the environment and standing on behalf of the connection that I was rediscovering within myself through a yoga asana practice and then teaching um, and then working with the Montessori um, educational philosophy worldview in classrooms, which is also founded on a pillar of working towards peace. Um, It just all made sense to me how I was having the same conversation in multiple um, different environments and that in order to continue to nourish and stand on behalf of human rights and the beauty of the human spirit, we need an environment that, you know, we can thrive in. And in order to do so, we need to be stewarding that environment and I will be very um, transparent as I feel like the work presented itself to me because I wasn't clear enough yet within to identify that call. And so Mm -hmm. I was offered research opportunities to bridge um, traditional ecological knowledge with Western climate science, you know, very much bringing that intuitive connected, unified knowing alongside the extraordinary technology and um, developments in the uh, field of climate science. And with that, how can we look at the holistic picture of what's going on here and have the most informed um, data set, if you will, to choose our path forward or to you know, mitigate what's potentially, you know, coming down the pipeline in order. And I could retract using the term pipeline because it has many meanings. Um, But what we might face as the result of a changing climate for earth. Mm -hmm. Um, And that brought me full circle into eventually working in an organization that focused on empowering youth and their connection and their spirit as advocates for the natural world to help existing contemporary structures better understand just that which is at stake. And that's very macro-oriented Um, empowering all generations to bear witness to where we are and being wise about how we move forward. And that is Mm going to make all of us uncomfortable. And I feel like that experience working with youth, using their voice on behalf of not only the present, but definitely the future and generations to come is imperative from a macro perspective. And then with Opalize, it is bringing that back around full circle, offering individuals the opportunity to 
go on a journey of inquiry within themselves on what that means for their, you know, individual micro expression of this collective that we share. And so that's where the opening that you read, it's like working within and working without is one and the same. And there are many different angles that we can uh, look at the current uh, circumstances through and there's no right or wrong. My hope and my, you know, frankly, my prayer is for all of us to come back into alignment and remembrance of just how extraordinary life is and how extraordinary it is that we are life and that with all of the information that we have access to and with generations of wisdom from the child to the young adult, you know, to the working professional, to the elderly, we all have a role to play. And that that to me is extraordinarily beautiful. And that I hope for all beings everywhere to find that freedom and happiness to be a part of stewarding an environment that we can thrive in. And it's an mm. inside and an outside job. One of the things that, that makes me think of is that <clears throat> I forget where I read this, that I think the book was called Abundance, but it said if the, if the world, if all the world lived the lifestyle the average American lives, we would need five earths of resources, mm-hmm. okay? And all the world is, is pursuing this American dream. And the most heartbreaking thing about it to me is that even people that are have quote achieved it, it's not bringing them joy. Mm-hmm. So we we just drive through any middle class American suburb, and you have these ginormous houses with garages that are so full that people can't use them. And then people <laughs> they often have like storage facilities to store all the other stuff that they don't have room for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then most of it's paid for on debt. And mm-hmm. so they don't even really own a lot of it. They're, they're, the bank does. And they're, so they're giving away their time to, that they could be spending with their families or people they love or pursuing self-growth and um, self-awareness mm-hmm. to, to, to give away that life for things that aren't bringing them joy. Mm-hmm. And, and then that and all of that together is killing the environment. Mm-hmm. That. That is the insanity of it, is that it's not even that this, this lifestyle that we've created is, is, is this zenith of joy and happiness. And then you have to weigh out the cost of, well, it is so wonderful and it's allowing everybody to achieve the, 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 the top triangle of Maslow's hierarchy of needs of self-enlightenment. It's not even doing that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's you know people are stuck in the lower levels of the the hierarchy, uh, and, and this up of, of of housing and and self esteem through pursuit of materialism. Mm-hmm. That's not bringing them joy. You know we have like horrible drug use, whether it's legal or illegal, and um, abuse and depression and on and on and on. And it's and it's destroying our environment. 
Mm-hmm. And that's, that's to me is the insanity of it. It's like, and so like, if you go back to where we were at the very beginning of like, if you take a step back and lay down the bricks and create a structure to give yourself space, then that space then allows you to know who you are and what you want. And then you, and, and, and then ultimately that's probably a simpler life. Like when you were living in the cabin and the woods with no water in the mountains. Right. I mean, <laughs> Think how happy most people are when they take a vacation and they only have um a, what they they only have the things that they can carry. Mm-hmm. Right? They 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 said these are the most important things I need for these three weeks or two weeks or one week. Mm-hmm. Um and their and, and their life is simpler because they don't have to take care of and clean and maintain all these other things that are are in this house that's so full that they have to have a rental space for more stuff. For all their stuff, that's right. that to me is the ins- insanity of it all. But we're that's all one of the, the things I really loved mm-hmm. about the wilderness therapy program that I trained with is when you're backpacking, you're so intentional about the items that you're carrying, you know, and you're literally able to fit in your pack to meet all of your immediate physical needs. And it just makes thing makes life really simple and very intentional. And then once you've invested that time and energy into, you know, identifying what your needs are and, you know, choosing the items and packing the pack and being strategic about how the weight's distributed, right? So that because it's like becoming another appendage essentially on your body, on your person um, and checking how it's all distributed and you set off on the trail knowing you have all that you need and nothing more. Mm -hmm. There's something so liberating and empowering in just that. And then once you get out into the landscape um, and skyscape, right? seeing the ways in which these tools that we're cultivating internally carry us, nourish us as we're externally exploring new terrain. And that new terrain can be used as a metaphor in our day-to-day life. I can speak from the Western world where I currently reside, um, as well as a very um, literal um, truth of being out in the backcountry if you are actually backpacking. And so yeah. that bridging of those internal quote unquote soft skills, not to be confused with easy necessarily, but soft skills that we transfer into um, really enabling us to to journey through our life, regardless of where we might um, find ourselves or choose to take it. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. I love you brought that up about backpacking because I've had my sons were in scouts and we had experiences like that where we'd set off on a canoe. And once we pushed off from the water, that's all we had for the next two or three days. And mm-hmm. there was something very, you had to be so deliberate about what you brought. And, and then also just the knowing that, well, that's, if I don't have it, I don't have it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. this is, you know, so um, trying to, I've been working really hard to simplify my own life and my own things. And it's, it's a continual process of like, because when you have space, I downsized from a house to a condo 10 years ago. And I, I still find myself keep, I keep giving, getting rid of things. And I like, how do I still mm-hmm. have things when I keep giving things away? So COVID though, really helped me. 
I didn't, because like last year, we were sort of like, I've, I've used this reference a lot in my podcast. We were in this grand timeout, right? So we couldn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do anything. And I didn't buy any clothing. I bought a pair of shoes in February before COVID. And I bought one t-shirt after that to support my local improv theater. But cool. that's it. Very cool. So, <laughs> oh, wow. But then I, I and, and I, I, after months of living in, COVID times, I looked at my closet and I noticed like, I have like six shirts that are all kind of the same and this many pairs of pants that are kind of the same. And I, I boxed up two thirds of them and put them in my closet because they're still, and I'm like, I'm just going to wear a reduced amount of those until those wear out. And then I'll pull other clothes out. And I don't, except for some, you know, basics, you know, underwear and stuff like that. I don't know that I'll need to buy clothes for a few years, mm-hmm. and I did. I I didn't have that many compared to to. I know some people have closets bigger than my bedroom, you know. Um, sure. But I'm I'm just saying, like you know, like it's the the simplification. Uh, it's not about it's it's not necessarily about sacrificing or doing without it. Actually, like you say, can open up space and can make you happier, and it simplifies your life, and you have less things to think about and take care of, and uh, which then opens up that space for other uh, higher-minded or not. That sounds judgmental, but like the ability to grow and wake up and be who you want to be and have fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, have, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I love it. Um, so, um, so on your website, you've got an invitation to like check out how uh, if a working opportunity. How how does that usually work? Yes. Like, so if you go to my website, it's um, opaleyes.co. Um, there's an invitation. It's at the footer on every page where you can sign up for our newsletter which is really the wisest way to stay up to date. I personally don't like my inbox being blown up too often with, um, with newsletters. And so I just send out announcements when there's um, something exciting, a new podcast or um, offering that's being launched. And so that's the smoothest way to stay up to date um, for opportunities and then you'll also see um, areas on the website where we can work together. And if you're interested in doing some one-on-one well-being work or interested in hosting a workshop with your friends and your family, which is something that I highly recommend if you have even just one like-minded, like-hearted individual in your life that you would want to share an experience with, I think that that shared experience is priceless. And so I do offer opportunities and we can have discovery calls. You know, it's all on the website where you can sign up for a discovery call to kind of tune into where you're at and explore how we could tailor an experience, including yoga or um, focused on other elements of the of the work and, um, and, and see what can serve you. I mean, I'm really about finding interaction where I can offer a quality of service that is worth everybody's time and resource, you know, finding that alignment that will ultimately nourish 
your life on behalf of life and feeling filled up moving forward and celebrating yourself moving forward. So, um, yeah, I'd recommend checking out the website, opalize.co and signing up for the newsletter in the footer on the site um, is the best way to stay up to date. And I promise to send minimal mail. <laughs> okay, perfect. And uh, I will put all that in the show notes too so people can find that. Beautiful. And, and like you said, I think after, you know, coming, coming out of this period that we've all been through, I think even before that, people were aware that maybe more and more people are becoming aware that they, 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 they want to try something different or want to live different. And certainly, certainly with COVID and post COVID, I think now's a great time to, to do that. And now that we're so used to working with people remotely, it's just even easier now to, Mm -hmm. to connect with people wherever they are. So um, I think what you're offering is uh, important and, timely and needed. So thank you for sharing that with, with everybody. Beautiful. Yes, it, it's an honor. I'm really grateful to be a part of your magnificent work as well. And um, just moving forward, continuing to celebrate the journey. Absolutely. That's all we can do, right? And we keep learning and growing and following the fun along the way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you, Dana. Really, I really appreciated this and enjoyed our conversation. And I know there's a lot of great things in there for people to um, to uh, to use on their journey. So, uh, everybody, uh, check out check out opalize.co. It will be on the uh, show notes. And um, thank you very much. So, well, thank I, you, Carlo. Thank you. Okay. Bye, Dana. Okay. That is a wrap. Thank you, Dana, for joining me. And thank you all for listening and sticking around to the very end. So Dana brought us some cool examples, so many fun lessons. Um, I I love how she combined and was able to clarify the different life lessons and experiences that she's had into what she's doing now. You know, her experience with research, her experience in education, her experience in environmental justice, and then yoga, bringing it all together into an offering that she feels inspired by that's impacting the world. And I think it's such a great lesson that, you know, I mentioned, and, you know, I talk a lot about the yes and and following the fun and all those things, that sometimes it's not just one thing that we say yes to is like, wow, I said yes to this thing and it didn't, it didn't turn into everything I wanted. Sometimes it's the accumulation of things that we're doing throughout our life that, that maybe seem unrelated, but are building our view, building our, our character and our, and our self and help us discover what it is we really, really want to do. Um, this, this project that I'm working on, uh, I didn't ever think I'd be interviewing people, but 20, almost 27 years of interviewing individual families and individuals to help understand what their goals were uh, in their lives so I could help them achieve financial goals 
was a skill set that translated directly into this because at its core, I was curious. I was curious. I really wanted to know. I really wanted to help them. And that's what that's what led to me doing what I'm doing. And it was so I was so happy that uh, Dana came on and showed us and explained to us what she's doing. So if you were inspired by that or curious about her offerings, I'll put this again in the show notes, but opaleyes.co. I'll have her their website there, Instagram, which is at opaleyes underscore co. Um, on the website, you can sign up for her newsletter, her newsletter. You can you can check out her podcast, Refreshing Worldviews, which I was the last guest. So hey, if you haven't had enough, Carlo, there's another place to find it. But that was an that was a example where she interviewed me and talked about my book and all those kind of fun things. So check her out there on the website, Instagram, sign up for her newsletter, and all that fun stuff. So I have several more guests that I've interviewed, several people that are on the calendar to interview. I'm hoping I've got some really exciting things that I'm working on that I'm not ready to share yet from the podcast standpoint. So stay tuned. Keep coming back. If this is something you're enjoying, don't forget to don't forget to uh, subscribe, like, and share. Tell your friends because it really makes a difference. So that's all I have for today. Keep having fun. Keep listening to that, whatever that is that's pulling you, whatever that is that's like kind of bubbling up in the back of your head and you keep pushing back down for whatever reason, pay attention to that and take take some action. Call someone, write a book, not write a book, write down the goal, write down, oh, maybe you will write a book, I don't know. Do whatever it is, do whatever it is you feel pulled to and take, take, some, take some action toward that. And it doesn't matter, doesn't matter how far you get, it matters that you're moving in the direction of whatever it is you're excited about and passionate about and curious about. And doing that will help you along the way to whatever it is you're trying to do and will help you enjoy your journey. Thank you. 